think I might just throw this up for my Patreon supporters. They do so well to support the Save the People programs and buy food for the people. I think it would only be courteous of me to allow them to see how we organise and how these things actually take place. Do you mind? Yeah, not at all, not at all. Sweet. Before we get going, let's just go through the fucking history of life and materialism. Yeah. So I didn't know this whatsoever, but it seems like you've spoken to one of the previous comrades who worked for an organization, Save the People England, and they actually spoke to you prior to you having a Save the People Acorn account. Is that correct? I didn't know that. Or the social media or the organization. I came on after as a lead organizer. So I, um, it might have been one of the Food Not Bombs comrades who started the social media. And I think they maybe had contacts. But uh, I honestly wouldn't know. That wouldn't be a question for me. Okay. So how the, how the hell have you got so many people? That, some are doing social media. Some are doing a practice. How, how did that come about? How many people are working for you? How did you get going, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, um, so like the skinny on the history, I guess, is uh, after the rebellions of 2020 with the murder of George Floyd, there was a lot of protests, a lot of energy in Akron, and then things started to die down, and some of the more advanced comrades in the community, some of the more uh, advanced activists, organizers, really wanted to harness that energy and build an organization that could actually funnel revolutionary energy, could actually keep the spark alive in Akron. So at the, t- at the beginning of the pandemic, Food Not Bombs in Akron was doing regular food and supply distributions down at Grace Park um, next to a huge homeless outreach center. And so it's primarily serving unhoused, dislocated people, displaced people. So the first few people who organized STP, Serve the People Akron, we just call it STP. Uh, the first few people who organized that started working with Food Not Bombs, doing those regular distributions with the intention of doing mass line work with the unhoused, building you know relationships and trying to build mass organizations of the people, trying to bring more than just the liberal activist, you no know, nonprofity, you know bullshit, I guess, into Akron. Because before before Serve the People Akron started, a lot of the organizations in the city are either governmental or nonprofit organizations, or there's just no grassroots action whatsoever. And so we've kind of been able to make that hard distinction between we're not a nonprofit, not a church group, you know, we're revolutionaries, you know, advanced people who are getting at like the root of the issues, at the political means of the issues. Instead of just feeding people and giving supplies and stuff, we're trying actively doing mass line work, trying to establish houseless people's union, as well as unions and low income housing and complexes, you know, where tenants and renters are living. Um, and it's like, just terrible conditions. Basically, we just started out super small, um, helping Food Not Bombs do regular distributions. And now we've grown into an organization that has finances. Um, we're still not a nonprofit. We're still um, not recognized by the state, but we're super transparent. We have finances, do a lot of mutual aid um, work, whether it's buying hotel rooms, getting people who have disabilities um, what they need, getting people medicine, advocating for people to get housing when the housing providers in the city give them problems, as well as outreach to um, homeless encampments and a lot of what we do, unfortunately we haven't reached the point where we can 
for example, stop completely uh, encampment eviction, um, have boots on the ground for that, or have boots on the ground for evictions, although we're, we're moving to that point. But right now, what we've been doing over the last year is using our social media presence and the comrades that we do have to agitate the police department, agitate the nonprofits that are basically just stealing the people's money and making for the city and all the local organizations, all the local politicians know that um, you know, somebody else is watching, somebody is holding them accountable. So that's kind of been the first year's focus. A lot of it is rooted in people's basic day-to-day survival needs. A lot of the original members who started, you know, the thought came directly from the Black Panthers, survival program, survival pending revolution, um, that to make revolution to um, achieve liberation, a lot of the work has to start with organizers, being amongst the people, getting to know their daily struggles, building mutual aid programs to alleviate those struggles, and then in that way kind of start to build alternative communities, alternative economies, alternative ways of getting people housing, getting people the needs that they need met because the city, nonprofits, the government just routinely is not doing that. And there's routine crises that are harming people and essentially there's no um, safety net. So that's essentially been the first year if they answered like the questions as far as our history goes. As far as like organizational specific things start out as um, four-ish people doing serve twice a week. Um, down at Grace Park. Twice a week, did you just say? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, when we started off, we were doing twice a week with about four to eight people. Um, we grew over last winter. Um, and then last spring into the summer, we started doing three days a week because we had enough people to do that. How did you get them people to attend and, and actually come over to you, though? So, honestly... We we didn't really do a whole lot of recruitment. We were just, a lot of the people that come out end up emailing us or messaging us on Facebook to get involved. And so our whole goal was just to be, we're going to be principled, we're going to do all we can, and we're going to publicize that as much as possible. We're going to, you know, agitate the city, agitate the, you know, people you know, the local local pools of progressives, liberals, put out propaganda, put out, you know, show that we're doing boots on the ground work. And for a lot of, especially younger people, um, a lot of older people who might be communists or anarchists, like this was something new to Akron outside of volunteer opportunities for a food bank or for a church. There's really no revolutionary energy whatsoever. And so a lot of, you know, folks who are just so disillusioned with electoral politics, with the government, with politicians, with nonprofits, with all these institutions really gravitated to us. We really haven't done, aside from our own like relationships with people from other organizations that have fallen apart or are still um, inexistent, a lot of it has just been people seeing the good work we're doing who are attracted to that because, you know, they see that, you know, this revolutionary energy, this, I, I would say, correct political work um, is the way to go. At the same time, a lot of the founding members and a lot of people who have come into the organization have ties to like the Socialist Rifle Association. So we're in coalition with them. A lot of their members help us with serves. Same with For the People Cleveland. This coming year, we're going to try to form a lot more alliances and build more coalitions. I think one of our big um, perks is as a mass organization to start out with. Uh, we didn't really have a defined ideology, didn't have a defined program. So that allowed a lot of people to come together who might have been anarchists or sock Dems or liberals who wanted to learn more. Since we've, you know, we've, we all continually develop politically, um, we're trying to get political education classes down so that people can start advancing. But essentially, we've just kind of 
thrown a wide net and brought a lot of people together who may not be unified on all fronts, may not be as advanced as each other, but they're all, they all, you know, have the goal and understand that the government's not doing what it's supposed to do, nonprofits, or they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do, which is not serve the people. Um, nonprofits don't serve the interests of the people, um, but we're able to do that and we're able to work with people and, you know, uplift them, not treat people like numbers on a spreadsheet, you know, humanize people. So I think a lot of people have seen that and have been attracted to that. Um, and then just also in being able to throw a wide net, get a lot of people in our coalition, we've been able to, you know, work with people. And even a part of that is struggling with people. So we abide by principle of unity, struggle unity. So we'll, um, like currently with the tenant unions we're working with, there's a coalition of people working to um, develop tenant unions in all of these essentially just slums, like slumlords for decades now and public housing management authorities have just disinvested from communities, um, left them to rot and essentially left tenants just helpless in all these terrible conditions. So we're trying to get tenant unions started for them. And part of that coalition are some nonprofits, are some more liberal organizations. But we would never we would never say, oh, you don't you know, you're not a revolutionary organization. Um, you're not, you know, a communist organization. We can't work with you. We go abiding by the unity principle, unity. So, of course, we're, they're trying to start tenant unions. That's exactly the sort of people-centered movement we want to join. That's exactly the kind of work we do. Um, and then once we establish those relationships, get in there, that's when we start non-antagonistically struggling with people. So maybe the nonprofit and the more liberal side of the coalition want to do things a certain way. And so how we struggle with them is, you know, we work with the tenants and we do mass line work with the tenants. You know, um, we're able to bring back a body of like people and, you know, um, information and like social investigations that basically say, um, you know, maybe maybe this is the correct strategy. Maybe we need to lean into something that's more revolutionary in our opinion than what they're currently trying to do. And so that's how we've kind of been able to, I won't say infiltrate, but join forces with organizations that definitely aren't socialist or communist, um, but we're able to, you know, work with them to advance the revolutionary struggle more. And also just having faith in the people and the tenants and the folks that we're organizing with and serving, because by agitating them, doing mass line work with them, they really end up coming to the correct conclusions. Like just for example, this kind of goes into how we're bringing people into the organization. A lot of the people we struggle with end up joining the organization. And so, you know, that's the beauty of mutual aid is you do mutual aid with everybody. It's not like a charity transactional thing. Um, so even members within the group, we do mutual aid with if they have medical emergencies, if they have car issues, things like that. We try, you know, we take care of our own when we take care of the communities we serve. But we also, you know, there's a lot of people who have been recently housed, who used to be unhoused, who we're trying to bring back into the organization, bring back into the tenant union so that they can begin to organize um, and so that we're building, you know, more than just a single, like, non-profit charity entity, but we're trying to build a community of people. And so a lot of a lot of the folks that end up currently who are bolstering our ranks are, you know, either tenants themselves who are joining us in meetings, doing organizing work with us, are unhoused people who are doing organizing work with us. And so that that's another way that we kind of um, are able to get more people involved who really care about the work um, and able to sustain it. And I'll be honest, the, the, the two and three times a week when we were doing serves, it was incredibly intensive. It was a lot of work to put that on. But that really showed. It resonated with the community. It resonated with people on social media who, like, understood that that was, takes a lot to be able to put that on. What kind of work was that that everybody was impressed at, like, for an example? They, I mean, 
So we have to be able to resource, so we have people who get food donations, who get donations, or even purchase medical supplies, harm reduction supplies. We have to make sure we have clothes, hats, gloves. Since we have finances, we're able to purchase bus passes for people so people have transportation and, you know, they have a warm space. We do surveys with the community so that we can build our school of social investigations. And then also prepping all the food. All the food, you know, cooked by our volunteers in their own homes. Currently, since we have no, like, structure base, um, everybody's house is essentially a base for STPs. So everybody uses their own um, freezers, fridges. Everybody does their own donation gathering to bring it together. And then on the day of, you know, we're arranging transportation for all of our comrades. A lot of the comrades we work with are, you know, don't have cars, don't have transportation too. So we have to get them there, get all the supplies there, throw it together meet the folks out there. Once in a while, um, over the summer, we were having political education sessions and and uh, houseless union meetings out there too. So, or we would have, you know, medical stop the bleed trainings. Um, we were trying to do different events out there too during the third. So you figure three times a week, we're basically trying to throw these, you know, hour to two hour long events in while um, coordinating with, you know, up to 20 people. And then also after after the actual serve at the park, then we split off and do food and supply drops to local encampments. And at the height of the summer, we were supplying um, about five or six different camps, totaling about 40 to 60 people, or totaling about 530 to 40 people with additional food and supplies. So, like I said, with the winter rolling in, we've cut back on that a lot. We're down to just one day a week, and essentially our, our goal is really to put energy into the mass organizing of building the union. The, the three days a week was a good way of building relationships with the community, letting folks know that we were there to be amongst the people, to serve the people, that we actually cared, um, unlike a lot of these other nonprofits that will do like one or two distributions per year and then think that they're alleviating the problem. But uh, we, we also believe that we ourselves don't have the capacity to solve all these problems just as one organization. And so our goal is really to create a multiplicity of organizations, be able to get the community to organize for themselves, and then to actually start addressing the root of the issues instead of just applying band-aids. The root of the issue is a lack of housing and a lack of a network to distribute food to all people, to distribute medical care to all people. And so those are the sorts of things that um, forward we really want to start organizing around. And the community we serve also recognizes that. But essentially, yeah, it, it is still a lot of work. And, and another beautiful thing about the organization that I think other organizations I've personally seen happen isn't being so rigid, isn't having such a bureaucratic frame on how decisions get made, on how work happens. Like when we were met with the problem of reserves is too much for us to handle. We're having a dip in membership. People are getting burned out. Instead of hitting a wall and allowing the entire thing to collapse, we were able to quickly see that as a problem resolve it by reducing our serve times, making sure the community was okay with it, understood why we were doing it. And then we were able to be, you know, keep keep moving along without this becoming a huge issue. And in a lot of other ways, um, we've been able to resolve conflict really well. We have really competent people who are able to think through issues. And I've been in other organizations that get absolutely 
they they essentially break down and collapse under conflict or um, such a rigid structure that you're not able to adapt well to changing conditions and changing needs. So that's that's been another thing that I would definitely recommend people keep in mind when they're doing this work because we, we've kind of all struggled with it, but we, we've managed to survive doing what we do, which is not what I can say for every organization, unfortunately. Hell yeah, right on, comrade. So all the points there that I want to go through is obviously, yes, you said and you reiterated to some people that you're not a charity, you're not a red charity. There's this distinction to be made there. You're more about gaining the community's trust so that you can get involved in mass line work so that people can tell you what they need. That's the thing about saving the people. It's not going down to the people saying, okay, you need all this pasta, potato, rice. It's about asking them what, do you need if they've got plenty of pasta and rice there's no point forcing on them you've got to meet the needs where it is it's interesting about food not bombs that's it reminds you of like you know airstrike and, and things there's many organizations that come out of the best liberal intentioned political stances ever but ultimately it's best to just kind of regard these things and see those who want to get involved in more serious revolutionary politics poaching them from these flipping orgs and then getting them involved i don't know much about food from bongs i don't know anything besides the name but i do know that mass line work is what the Black Panther Party did. It's how they gained all their support. It's how they're known across the world today as revolutionary communists to inspire people to not just vote every four years, but to go out and do the work like myself and yourself are doing, as well as Save the People in Acorn every other save the people org out there yeah like mutual aid we we don't use this word in this country mutual aid could you just give us just like kind of a brief definition of that yes so i think in the vein of like a more liberal organization for food not bombs is a super anarchistic organization um which is why i think they attract a lot of liberals and a lot of people who are just starting their journey their revolutionary like development but essentially from an anarchistic perspective mutual aid is just about building mutual reciprocity into communities so just like mark said from each according to their um abilities to each according to the needs i probably bought that but get the gist. And uh, in essence, it's about building that mutual reciprocity. There are some critiques, serve the people programs, especially serve very vulnerable, poor, oppressed communities in that there's, it's not technically mutual aid because it's not reciprocity. Um, and true mutual aid would be the community assisting each other. And so that is a criticism we've wrestled with. And I think also as um, we're more than just communists and um, we've struggled with the food not bombs line on that too. And so what we've arrived at and kind of in the same essence as the Black Panther Party is, you know, people draw distinctions between mutual aid, survival programs and decolonization programs. Um, we don't think there's as much as a distinction as people make, um, but we do see the specific, you know, maybe mutual aid is more of a broad term. Um, we do call our food distribution survival programs as well, because the, the gist of it is we aren't expecting the oppressed communities we're serving and going to to have the capacity to reciprocate, reciprocate because a lot of times they don't have anything. They're not in a position. They don't have any of their needs met, so they're not in a position in order to, you know, be able to, 
be liberators themselves, be organizers themselves. And that's not to say a lot of them don't do good work and do good work day to day. Um, we find long-term communists who are houseless who find squats and are, you know, they're on a mission to um, re- reclaim abandoned buildings uh, and put it into the people's hands. And that's, that's the work we encourage um, because that's actually meeting people's needs and enabling them to then be able to have more stability, have more power, and then start to actually get active in the organizing. So essentially, as Huey P. Newton said, survival pending revolution, that is essentially what we describe our work as. The, the food distribution is a survival program, and the whole point is to meet the needs of the people, show them that it's possible for the people to organize and meet our own needs and show people that they can be liberators onto themselves. And then once we start doing the mass line organizing and getting people into mass organizations, into unions, whether it's tenant unions, houseless unions, for whatever need that needs met, once we start getting teams of squatters together who can actually get housing and acquire it for the people, that's when all this work of survival pending revolution really starts to pay off because you've been agitating people, you've been educating them politically, getting them ready for the revolution. And then once you're able to start to meet their needs, once you're able to get them into organizations that they can then um, be organizers for themselves, that's when maybe it's more mutual. Um, people are able to give a little bit more to the cause. Um, but essentially, that, that's mutual aid in a nutshell. It's, just, it's not charity. It's not transactional. Um, you're not treating people like numbers on a spreadsheet. We're not getting paid for any of this. We're not getting, you know, we're not like these nonprofits that 50% of the grants and federal funding they get go to CEO salaries or to employee salaries where people are getting paid $300,000 a year to basically help people and none of the material resources are getting to the people. Um, The whole point is that, you know, it's the people's resources, it's them. Um, They decide how it gets spent, how it gets utilized, and we make sure that it's super democratic. So those are some of the characteristics of um, how I would describe, describe mutual aid survival programs. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Right on. Cool. Thank you for the answer. Is obviously, as you say, it's increasingly important to educate people, get the people involved, educate them as well, so that they can be a part of this organization. They have to be a part of the community. The idea is obviously you want to build a state within the state, starting with your own estate. I don't know what you call them over here, but we call them council estates. Probably call them fucking neighborhoods over there or some shit. And again, people need to understand just how powerful Facebook is. I actually learned that myself. I really hated Facebook. It was only when I started a podcast when I actually got back onto Facebook and Twitter and all this social media shit. You know, purely just to promote, you know, the work that we do and to get support for it. But Facebook's really interesting because there's generations of people you wouldn't ordinarily speak to and they'll look at it, they'll share it. It's all new to them. Do you know what I'm saying? We can look at, like, the Black Panther Party, Fred Hampton documentary all day and just absolutely, like, rage on why people aren't doing that already. But to these, it's brand new. So... It's good, and these people give us a lot of support. It's important to get on Facebook for that reason. Surprisingly enough, Facebook is a lot better than fucking Twitter to organize locals. So people need to understand that. At least get on Facebook if you're not doing that already. Look in your community's local Facebook group. They'll, They'll already have a Facebook group for your area, but if you're doing work, you can share it there. Automatically, that's like a kickstart to show the people in your area the work that you're doing yeah. and the services you can provide for them. Yeah. 
Okay, that's great. Um, without a boss introduction, the only thing I want to keep you for now is to just ask what basically started all of this here is I actually sort of serve the people. I don't know whether you'll be able to tell this because you might just be the social media guy of which you've been absolutely outstanding answering goddamn everything and telling us about every single goddamn subject. I don't know what people need to hear. You've, you've went through everything. This practical work really interests me because I'd like to get some photos of me up doing something similar very soon. And it's important work because whilst we give seven meals out every two weeks to our local community, to anybody who demands them contactlessly, we provide them with the Spark, a socialist newsletter to tell them local events in their communities as well as to describe some of the language in which we use to make them more literally powerful. That's all important. The agitation, the agitation is important. But what I love to see here is, you know, this post that you just put up in come springtime, we hope to get the garden fully revitalized, build relationships with people in the neighborhood, run educational farming programs and run free produce programs once we harvest. Again, this is come springtime. This is all what we'd like to do. That's not easy. That's a lot of hard work. That's something that if any individual was to put that upon themselves, they'd have almost daunting anxiety about it, thinking, how am I going to achieve all of these things? Have I even got the confidence to go out single-handedly and do this myself and dig up a ground and then, you know, fill it for food? All that's important. So it's great to see, say, the people that you can actually post these goals in mind ahead of time and then start to work on that. So what we saw in the image attached was an overgrown, leafy, weedy, whatever you want to fucking call it, you call it a yard, I'll call it a garden. So if somebody's had this overgrown like like yard and then what uh, the people have done is not only will we cut that for you so it looks better and saves you a lot of work for cutting it down, we'll also add some crop pots in there so that we can grow potatoes for the community. Now at the moment, as I said, these, these seven meals every two weeks come from a literal capitalist company like there's no way about that you know we have to sell our labor to capitalists in order to buy from capitalists in order to survive so that we can sell our our labor and maintain our existence however if we can grow food that literally comes from the sun the soil you know all of that that is is a way of taking the profit out of the capitalists and that's essentially what we want to do is just give it straight to the people kill out the middleman You know, you save all that goddamn CO2 as well. If we're doing this, just think of it from a purely environmental factor. It's just better to grow food, not lawns. That's a well-established fact on the left. So what I wanted to ask you about that is, do you know anything about that? What are Save the People Acorn growing in that specific post? We are currently developing, come January, we'll have a meeting to develop the specific garden program. We call it guerrilla farming, too, because eventually we we envision it as a project that covers the city and meets a substantial demand of the food needs of people so we can actually start cutting out the middleman, severing relationships with, you know, imperial and colonial distribution programs and things like that. So we're going to have a meeting soon about what specifically we'll be um, putting in there. We have a committee of people who are environmentalists and gardeners who do this 
as a person who have went to school for this, who know what they're doing, or do it as a job too, who are going to be putting that together. Um, and then an important thing too, before we decide what we're going to be gardening in there is we want to survey the people that we currently are serving as far as what their food needs or, you know, what they like the most, what we're be the best. Um, and we also want to survey the community the garden um, is in. So we want to go door to door, getting people to buy into the program, seeing if anybody would be interested in helping us, you know, supplying us with anything, and then also what they want to see from this garden. If we make it as a community space, what they would like to see there, they would like to have events, what they want to guard, what they want us to grow, because essentially in this community, anybody is going to be able to come, pick what they need. You know, we'll have a free produce stand. People will be able to just grab what they need. So we really want to do the math line work of making sure that we're not making all the decisions or doing all the work, that we are supporting the people to be their own liberators, to be their own decision makers, to, you know, have a say over this piece of the community. And that way it's really grounded into the community. We see a lot of gardens that pop up by a few people um, and eventually they get burnt out or move. And just like this garden, it was only being maintained by one person who wasn't doing the math line work of getting the community involved. And so that's why it's it's not actually a center of the community. So before we decide what we want to plant, we're going to have to do that work. Now I can already tell you that we'll probably have potatoes because that's a very, it's a good source of food. It's very filling. It's healthy. We can grow a lot of it. We'll definitely have spices and herbs. We'll have tomatoes, you know, more of a lot of the basic things that people already like. And, you know, we can just assume that people are going to pick some of these. But we'll, you know, save a lot of the plot for um, specific requests of the neighborhood, of the residents. And then we're also, you know, in addition to the garden, like you said, I'm purely just an environmental issue, there's perks. And then there's also like benefits along like a multitude of different things. So you want to use it as, you know, a space to have political education, to give classes on farming so that we can show people that they, you know, have all the ability and all the power to start growing food for themselves, that they don't have to rely upon capitalist chain stores and restaurants for food and they can actually have a connection to the food they're making. That was a bit of a long-winded answer to the question of what we'll be growing. I think, again, just to reiterate, it's really important to always fall back onto mass line work and make sure that all of our decisions and everything we're doing is super informed and, you know, in a way led by working with the masses, getting them to buy into things, getting them on board and making decisions. And that's really when, like, things start to shine. Just like with the fact that we supply um, harm reduction and bus passes to people, that that wasn't just us deciding to do that. That was us getting requests from people, doing social investigations, realizing that these were huge needs of the people. And so that's the stuff that we have to put our resources in. But hopefully that answered the question. Els, yeah, of course you did, and you went further to just teach me more. Because again, like I said, I myself am going to go out and land with some publicly owned or privately owned, I don't give a shit, land that's not being used where some old housing was and then it's been knocked down and then there's just, you know, the way they, they fill in that land with half brick, half mud, like just the cheapest yeah. shit yeah. ever. Yeah. So I want to go out there with a shovel and I love this concept of guerrilla gardening. It's like, yeah, just go out wherever wherever you can. The state isn't going to agree to you to build that. So just go out and build it. Because if you can get away with it and get a, a good load of spuds and veg and that that the people have requested, then it's a win. The, all this land in the area wasn't utilised. So we absolutely need to utilise that. Totally agree with you. 
all power to you. Rest in power, George Floyd. Again, let's just bear in mind the devastation that take put that taken place before and after the George Floyd murder by the US pigs. I'm pleased to see that it has somewhat accelerated class consciousness in the United States. It's just generally sad overall. It's sad that lives have to be taken in order for people to actually kind of, you know, see the fucking Matrix code for what it is. I only say that because I'm literally watching the Matrix now. You know, we're all coming from history. We're all doing this because of history and because of decisions by politicians and capitalists and landlords previously. We're just acting on their actions reactively. And we need to start acting proactively and we need to start determining our, our own future. And we do this through self-determination. I do believe taking back our streets through based building dual power is one way to do that. We've got to absolutely annihilate alienation within our communities. We've got to bring back the community. We've got to bring back love for the people so that our neighbours know who our neighbours are. It's easy to not care about an injustice taking place down the road if you don't know anybody there and you've only got speculation as to what happened. But, you know, we need the truth. We need to know the people in the community. We need to know why they're so poor, why they're desperate, and then support them where where they are. I also like to see what uh, the people are kind of doing, kind of on a similar tone, where they're going out and making sure that the pigs aren't abusing their power as, as tyrants. You know, all of these things are important. It seems to say that the people Akon are absolutely smashing it on so many levels. I would love to be able to just go up there and see how the fuck you are doing everything and speak to all of you. Really fascinating. But what I can guarantee is that you're going to see pictures of me with shovels on, on that unused land doing a similar thing and I myself was going to place vegetables and things like that because I'm asking you because I haven't got a clue what can grow in the winter I haven't got a goddamn clue so I'm presuming you did I'm going to also get some surveys out to the people and see what they would like specifically and then try and accommodate that for them so best thing to do with that being said I think we've got to know you a little bit so the people that you can love to follow this up with you as well in potentially six months to a year to see how we're both getting on, where we can learn from one another. Have you any final words, thoughts, questions yourself? I mean, I just appreciate what you're doing. I mean, this is necessary, getting the news out there and letting people know, hearing the words of on-the-ground organizers, I think. For me, you know, my political development, I only just became a revolutionary, you know, two years ago, only started doing this work in vain two years ago. So... Back then, hearing people who are on the ground organizers doing the work, it's like super necessary and very helpful. So I do appreciate what you're doing here. And I do appreciate the upcoming work that you're going to be doing in your community. And I guess my, my parting, um, like, just really want to hit home the importance of a job of an organizer, of a revolutionary, is to be amongst the people, to talk with the people, to get to know their struggles, to get to know their skills, too, and where they fit in. So we always just to fall back to the masses, fall back to the mass line, trust in the people, have lots of conversations with the people because most of all of our work, especially the work that's sustainable, is because we've made really good connections and relationships with people who have skills and who have insights and expertise in doing things and who have a passion. And a lot of 
a lot of an organizer's work is finding the right people and getting them plugged into, you know, some sort of organization so that their passions and their expertise can be best utilized for the revolution. And so just to reiterate, just always falling back to the mass line, doing that mass line work, doing, you know, work with the masses meeting the people where they are, learning from them, it's just indispensable. And you, you'll, a lot of the problems you'll run into, a lot of the walls you'll hit, a lot of the conflicts and barriers you'll come across can usually always be solved by falling back to that. So that, that, that would be my last bit of advice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously there's nothing worse than falling out with a dedicated communist who wants socialism you know because of petty disputes exactly. i like to think that people can grow beyond that and and work around each other and rather than just bash egos together whilst everybody else starves and suffers it's terrible physically and mentally you know <laughs> i just oh, Yes, yes. We we got our fair share. You just stay principled and you keep doing the good work. And yeah, that in the end, that's what truly matters because the, all the petty disputes and the infighting, that's not struggle. That's not line struggle. It's not mass line work. It's just, it's not getting us anywhere. So we try to stay out of that as much as possible. Well, yeah. With that being said, there isn't a Black Panther Party today who's absolutely killing it in, a, in every single way, shape or form. There's just small organizations like yours and mine who have just got to do the science, see what does work, see what doesn't work. And then hopefully after God done, however many fucking years necessary, people have got something to learn from, from it so that they can can accelerate class consciousness and the struggle to a whole other level. We, neither of us can say that base building is 100% the guarantee factor to socialism. I think that both I think that we can both agree on that, but it does seem like historically that that does seem the best way to get people together to exclude alienation and to bring that love and community support back into the community so that we can defend our communities and start building a state within a state, which is what Lenin said. Do you know what I mean? It's not even like a Black Panther thing. Like Lenin talked about dual power. I had to read it out to one of the most yeah. biggest communist organizations in the whole UK because they'd never yeah. heard of it in a couple of interviews back it blown my mind I'm like you're getting like tens of thousands of pounds a year in like contributions and you don't even know what your power is what's going on with the world yeah. you know what I'm saying I'm like what the fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I, I was like wow yeah I think some of the more liberal or really struggle with that um these are, communist, these are like literally the most revolutionary communist group in the uk you know what i'm saying that's what that's what they call the revolutionary communist group and they are the most revolutionary communist group in the uk and they yeah. still didn't know what dual power was they had no concept of it it's insane it's insane so that's why this importance this work that we're both doing is important it's important that we speak to each other see what page that we're on and hopefully work towards a a happy ending together (laughs) exactly exactly we're definitely not uh we're on the right path for sure the work ahead is definitely monumental i think um our organizations have really settled into the correct line or the more correct line and we're definitely doing the work that is producing results is getting people together is really hitting on something that these other organizations before us or that you know have kind of led the struggle up until now haven't been able to tap into so it's a really tough position to be into 
I mean, if not us, who, unfortunately. So we, we've got to do the work regardless, the work of a revolutionary. Hell yeah. It's not easy. It's called a struggle for reason. So with that being said, where can comrades find you, your organization? Have you got any links or anything like that that they can go to to support you? you a link tree. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm about to get a TikTok, but that's got to be somebody else's stuff. Um, but I can send you a link tree with all of those links as well as our um, donation links. We're, we've also started a community newspaper, and that's basically a way for us to continue to disseminate um, stories, different political lines, our political program, relevant stories communities we serve, and that also serves as a way that we can kind of cover all of our finances, all of the purchasing that we need to do to get equipment and supplies to people. I don't know if people in the UK would want to read our base out of Africa, Ohio, or the state, but uh, um, it's there, or at least put it, because um, we're trying to get more people to, you know, read local journalism. That's a whole different issue that we're trying to struggle against. Local newspapers, local journalists don't do their job whatsoever. So, and also just for a revolutionary organization, having a revolutionary paper is, um, or at least some way to disseminate your information is a necessity. So that's basically, um, like I said, I'll send you the links, um, but that's how people can support us. Either sharing our stuff on social media, getting our newsletter, donating on our platforms. Yep. Excellent. Hopefully people will go your way, support you in your work where they can actually see, you know, plenty of pictures and that of, of your work as it progresses. Hopefully you will link up again six six months a year, see see what's Absolutely. going on, what's new, what's what we've learned, what's what's good, what's bad. Look forward to that. And um, just try and prepare other comrades who might want to do similar work or who might take up the task of doing the necessary work, I should say, in their community. Yeah. Okay, so love and solidarity comrade. All power, love and solidarity. Appreciate you doing this so much. And send me your links too, and I'll send those around to our organization. We love some internationalist energy, honestly. So appreciate you having me on. I appreciate this meeting, and I definitely look forward to seeing where we're at in six months. Absolutely. I just wanted this as like a personal thing so that I could learn for the work that I do. But I think, you know why it's so valuable. Why not share it with other people who, who would be interested? So I'll share this up with a, with a patron. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. That's mutual aid right there. We got we to gotta, we gotta help each other. Yeah, damn right. I mean, I can't do this by myself. It's, uh, you know, other no, people are here no. and they want to do it themselves. God, you know what I'm saying? I do what I can to get it out there. But besides exactly. that, I need other people's help. You know, in the UK, anybody yep. out there in the UK, let's go. <laughs> anybody in Liverpool, really? let's go. I'm ready. I'll help you out, get started, and we'll serve the people. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Workers and lumping of the world. Unite.